So a quick note, I noticed after editing all of this episode that I was actually saying the wrong URL, the wrong link throughout this episode. So it is not freemeded.com slash medstudent. It's freemeded.org slash medstudent. Though freemeded.com will redirect to freemeded.org, the subdomains don't actually work that way. So please ignore the .com aspect throughout this episode. And the correct link is freemeded.org slash medstudent. Sorry for any confusion ahead of time. Welcome to the Medical Menemus Podcast, your source for memory techniques and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Good day, everyone. I have a question for you. Do you know the study skills that'll maximize your study success? Or how about the cognitive psychology behind the top learning methods? Obviously, if you've been listening to the show for some time, you understand some of these concepts and the importance of the evidence base behind them and how efficiently they can make your new study schedule. But this and other important study factors are going to be the theme of this episode because this is the first one that we're finally going to discuss the book I've been talking about basically since the show came out. So resources for this can be found at freemeded.com slash medstudent. That's freemeded.com slash medstudent. So first, do you have a gratitude practice that you implement in your daily life? This type of practice has been shown to have numerous benefits for individuals, both health and mental state, and it'll likely benefit your studies as well. So do your one good thing for someone else today and go leave a review for this show. This could potentially help guide others to the show and benefit them for many days and years to come. So why am I bringing up gratitude today? Well, that's one of the many topics covered in part one of this book. So for today's episode, we are going to cover part one of this four-part mini-series based on the four sections that divide the book up. And the book is called Read This Before Medical School, How to Study Smarter, Be Healthier, and Live Better While Excelling in Class and on Your USMLE or Comlex Board Exams. Yes, quite a mouthful, I know. But me, along with co-authors Greg Rodden of the Physiology by Physio podcast and Ted O'Connell of Step 2 Secrets, the book and the podcast, have condensed a lot of great material into this book. So I'm excited to bring you an overview today of some of the material. There are many, many topics that I don't really get to discuss on the show, but I'm interested in. And luckily, we got to write about them. So today, I'm going to cover a brief overview of some of the topics from part one, and that includes class study time, home study time, the environment, study tools, time management, how to review yourself, also how to form study groups, and have a little work-life balance or work-life optimization is what I like to say. So the first section involves setting up your optimized class study session. There are plenty of common sense aspects to getting the most out of your class study time, but they can be easily overlooked, especially when you're a stressed out med student. Some simple things like knowing what resources are available to you through the school and how to use them can really help decrease the stress and potential expense of your education. Maybe, for instance, you have some kind of social phobia or you have class anxiety and it decreases your participation and performance in class. Well, did you know there are some good public speaking and social phobia type of trainings that you can do? Or what about if your instructor has past exams that you can study from or gives extra credit? Oddly enough, many students just never think to ask about this. They either assume that their teacher will bring it up or that they're given everything in their class time, but that's not always the truth. What about just asking the instructor what they expect from you? Yes, they usually have learning objectives in the curriculum, but 
not communicating properly can really lead to students suffering just from naivety regarding their instructor's teaching methods. There can also be concerns about having friends in class. You want to have these strong social bonds, but what should you do and shouldn't you do with your friends in class? How can you prevent being distracted in class? Or what if you need to communicate something to your instructor? We even give you a template for that. So there's a lot of simple but often overlooked topics in that section of the first part of the book. But let's face it, most of our studies are probably going to be at home. That's just how things work today. There's a lot of third-party resources. So at-home studies, making that as efficient as possible is really, really important for the modern-day student and especially for graduate students. After all, there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many lecture hours and maybe certain lectures don't go at the speed you'd like or they go over something too much or not enough. And you have to review it on your own anyway. And as you've Notice from most of our past episodes, review, review, review is very, very important. That spaced repetition, that rehearsal practice is really necessary in order to maintain your level of knowledge and competence in medical materials. We also cover things like ergonomic designs and accessories to have at home, how to really make sure you are maximizing your study time and not being distracted and comfortable so you can stay there for a longer period of time studying if you want to. But probably where you'll get the most benefit from this section in part one, which includes the home study and the class study sections, is regarding the learning strategies. So we cover some of these in random episodes throughout the past, like the Pomodoro effect, blocking versus interleaving, space repetition and rehearsal, and what all the literature really says about it. Actually, we covered the literature very well throughout the book. We cite everything, so you don't need to take our word for it. You can read what it says, make your own decision. We also cover deliberate practice. We had Dr. Anders Ericsson on in past episodes to cover his research and his book Peak and Deliberate Practice, which is basically the four steps of setting a specific goal, having an intense focus on that material, receiving immediate feedback, and also pushing outside your comfort level past that homeostasis point so that you learn, so that you're always improving. Another very important aspect covered is prioritization. Many of us have different daily schedules or charts or to-do lists that we use, but what is the most effective? What are some alternatives if you're using a method that's really maybe not the best for you right now? We give some advice on setting daily, weekly, and monthly task priorities using the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule to limit your distractions and really focus on the most important parts of your study session. We cover the Covey's time management grid, which you can find in the seven habits of highly effective people. The PDSA, or Plan, Do, Study, Act method for self-assessment and increasing your test stamina. We cover SMART goals and guidance on how to create and adjust your personalized management system. If nothing else, really having a good system in place can make a huge difference. I know I didn't have one during med school. If I had known these things when I was going through school, I would have been much, much more efficient with my time. I would have maximized so many more aspects of my study sessions and really focused on improvement and deliberate practice much more than I did. And besides having social support, study groups are also a very important social aspect of your graduate work. You're going to be in groups. There will be collaborative skills and projects that you need to work on. And even if you don't really master them during school, it's important to know them for in the hospital. Unless you're a radiologist or a pathologist locked in your office, locked in your lab, you will be interacting with staff, with patients, with other physicians, and possibly even with other med students that are rotating through your hospital as you're doing residency or as an attendee. 
But for study groups, they are a double-edged sword. They are very easy to mistake, to mess up, to not set up properly. And a lot of it comes from just our ignorance on how to do so. You want to avoid the misinformation effect, which is basically when someone else tells you something incorrect, and then you remember it that way for a long time, maybe forever. You want to make sure that you have a shared vision in what your group is meant to do, how you're going to accomplish everything, what kind of goals you have as a group, and how to deal with problems when they arise. These collaborative assessments that we cover really help to determine your group dynamics and how to properly plan and stick with the plan. And improving your collaborative intelligence, which is one of the topics we cover in this based on the book with the same name, it can really help you to overcome these types of disputes really let you enter kind of a group flow state sometimes. Our work-life balance section really covers a lot of material and it just summarizes some of the great psychological works of our time right now, which include things like Grit by Angela Duckwork, Flow by Michaeli Jatsat-Mihaly, or The Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman, and using gratitude practice and the literature on happiness as it's attributable to medical and healthcare students. We also cover confidence and the imposter syndrome, such as work by Amy Cuddy. These are really skimmed over, but give you a good summary of all of these works. And of course, if you want to explore them further, you can get the books and check the research by these named psychologists. There's really two more sections that we cover in part one. And the first one is physical and nutrition health. This one's very complicated because there's so much misinformation out there. And even for medical students, it is difficult to sort through all of the BS and to know what is really useful and how this can differ from nutrition in the US based on the literature and maybe compared to other countries. What are some of the most efficient exercise regimens, especially for busy students if you only have a limited amount of time every day or every week? What are some of the popular diets? Even if you don't want to use them yourself, you are going to be asked about them by patients. So just having a cursory knowledge this early on is probably going to be beneficial but also how to translate nutrition information to an associate or to patients. This can be a very useful skill and to sift through the hype and the fad diets out there to really reach something that is going to be beneficial for yourself or family or patients. And then the last one is meditation. I tried to study a couple of different types of meditation because I wanted to understand what they were all about, understand the differences between them. I find that a lot of the time, Meditation, like martial arts, like religion, like a lot of things, you get your group, you get your tribe, and everyone thinks that theirs is the best. So the only way to really know is to either try a bunch out or to get some legitimate scientific studies done. And I feel like that's what was done by the book Altered Trait, also by Daniel Goldman. So we cover some of those topics really briefly, just so you have a cursory knowledge of them. Here's some good links, some good books, some good research to maybe explore a little further if you want more knowledge. We briefly cover leadership, especially as it relates to physicians and medical students. It's never too early to begin getting those leadership skills and developing your ethical lens, your ethical background. And really that sums up most of the topics from part one. Part one is more about getting into the groove. So maybe you know a lot about those topics already, and that section might not be as useful for you. Well, the other sections could be. But first, let's take a quick summary because there's quite a bit of material that was covered there. To recap, we cover a more in-depth look at in-class study versus home study and how to prepare, how to prioritize and schedule these, and also how to monitor your efficiency at your daily study habits, how to tell if you're falling behind from your classmates. 
We have a lot of self-assessments all throughout the book that really help you rein in on your strengths and weaknesses. We also cover cognitive psychology and neuroscience behind some of the top home study skills and strategies that you can implement. We cover how teamwork is an important part of aspects of all medicine, and the need for team-based practices is just mandated throughout your entire academic and professional career. Our sections on study groups really help to focus on collaboration and developing conflict resolution skills. Lastly, we touched on a variety of work-life balance topics or work-life fits, such as setting your mindset or developing grit or any of these psychological concepts that we probably innately know about, but having them really put to the test, put to a self-assessment, at least for me, I feel it helps a lot to know where you're at and to monitor it. And also, we have over 200 citations for just part one of this book. So if you're interested in any of these topics, if you want to know more, please do check out the citations. They will be in the book. We're also making a resources and references page on the website for EmedEd, so you will have access to those even if you don't buy the book. And in the next episode, we'll cover part two of the book, which is probably going to be where a lot of you are the most interested in, and that's our test prep and exam skills section. This is a really exciting section of the book where we give you our unique format to follow, a step-by-step process for your exams, which we call the MedEdge method. So if you want to know more about the MedEdge method and your test prep and exam skills, then definitely catch part two of this series. In the meantime, do head over to freemeded.org slash medstudent. There you can download our free PDF, which is the essentials of this book. It gives a nice 15-20 page summary, some of the topics that we cover in the book, and you can sign up to purchase the actual book. So head over to freemeded.org slash medstudent. We might also be giving some pre-release copies and some discounts via that website. You can also find some interesting links in the show notes here for the website, but also some of the past interviews we've done on the Medical Anemonist podcast that cover topics that are related to the book, such as Anders Ericsson and some of those types of interviews. So check that out. Let us know what you think. Send an email. Hit us up on social media. Any information would be great. We have four parts of this mini-series, but we also have some great medical anemonists, some memory trainers, some cognitive psychologists, and some medical educators coming on the show interspersed throughout these mini-series episodes. There's a lot of great information coming. I think we have the next two or three months already scheduled, approximately anyway. So I hope you enjoy the material. Please send us a message if you have any questions or if you'd like to help out and participate in future recordings or in our social media accounts or anything like that could always use some help. Until then, see you on the next episode. Hello, this is Chase DeMarco, host of the Medical Anemonist Podcast, and I want to tell you about my new show, The One Minute Preceptor Podcast. In this show, we will interview preceptors and medical educators in a wide variety of specialties, demographics, and educational settings. Please take a moment to go over and subscribe to the One Minute Preceptor Podcast. That's the number one Minute Preceptor Podcast to get your fill of clinical education experience.